0: What's happening fam? This is Chris Harper, CEO of Better Man. I'm so grateful you're joining us for this episode of the Better Man podcast. This season is brought to you by our friends at Aroga Drive. Check it out at arogadrive.com. Also check out the link in the show notes. When you purchase Aroga Drive, a portion comes back to benefit Better Man. Clean energy for all your daily needs, ArogaDrive.com.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Adam here, joined by Chris. Chris, today we are going to talk about something that sounds so super important, right? The uh, the state of manhood. So mm-hmm. we're going to get the trumpets blaring, the Congress has stood, you are the president, you are walking into the chamber <laughs> to deliver the state of manhood uh, address. That's what comes to my mind. That's not. That's not what we're doing. This is a, a pretty serious thing. We at Better Man have actually commissioned a study or done done some research on this, and it's some uh, piece of material that's we're about ready to release. And so, you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, Adam. We're actually. Uh, you were actually halfway there with that introduction. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Uh, Bring the trumpets, back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This. This. We. We timed this specifically with the state of the union. Okay. You know, every year uh, the president gives the state of the union, you know, kind of where our country is and where it's going. So what Better Man has done is we've commissioned a piece called the state of manhood. And every year we're going to look at where a man is with his church, with his children, with his calling, or another way to say that is the state of manhood, where a man is with his faith, his family, and his work, his vocation. Yeah. And we're super excited about this. We've we've leaned on external research. We've done our own internal research. We surveyed over four thousand men, four thousand families, and um, we partnered with Dr. Jonathan Williams over at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He oversees their family family journal, and he's also the president of the Gospel Family Ministry. So, um, so excited to to get this out in in the very near future in the coming weeks. And it's going to be a great tool um, not just for men to see kind of kind of where they are, but for for ministry leaders, uh, for churches. Um, if you want to take the temperature of of where men are in this country, in North America, in the West, concerning their faith, family, and 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 work, um, this is going to be a great, great resource for you.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I like that we're updating it every year because there, as we've learned over the last three years, so much can change in a year. And so uh, this is something that does need to update on a regular basis. So let's talk about just the first part of that today, just talking about uh, a man and his children or, or leading his family. Uh, It's such an important part of all of that. Um, You know, when I immediately think of that, I just, I just think about things that I experienced growing up, right? I was in a in a house that uh, revered God, we we certainly uh, we didn't go to church a ton, but uh, we were not taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh, I knew my parents uh, talked about God, talked about faith. We celebrated Christmas, you know, and, and certain things like that. There was there was that, but there was never really um, like that that family devotion. If we did go to church together, we never really talked about it a lot, so it wasn't like a center of our conversations, but uh, but it was there. And so um, I know that that can have a huge impact and people have all kinds of different experiences that they had growing up. So what, what did you see growing up as a kid when it came to faith and family?
0: And I didn't see a whole lot. So mm-hmm. the spiritual leader in my home was my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's not necessarily God's design or God's best. Um, I'm thankful for that. Uh, without my mother and her faith, I'm not sure where I would be today. Right. Uh, but I didn't see a whole lot of spiritual headship. I didn't see my father leading out in mm-hmm. that. We, um, you know, I grew up kind of in backwoods Kentucky. So, uh, it's not uncommon for us to go to a church where they may pull out a snake or they may not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, a super charismatic, uh, circle and a super charismatic crowd. And, um, You know, not that that's not that that's bad or or, or good. I'm not going to really speak into that very much, but uh, it wasn't until later in life that I learned about, you know, church history and orthodoxy and kind of the historical doctrines. But but it was very, you know, like you said, very sporadic. I mean, if I didn't want to go to church, I didn't have to. Um, The you know, we say we we said a prayer before dinner Hmm. and that was about the extent of it, like we never, we never really opened the word together as a family. We never prayed as a family beyond dinner. Um, you know, my father wasn't coming into the room every night and giving me a blessing or praying over me or anything like that. Um, uh, so yeah, it was very sparse to say the least.
1: Yeah. And I think our example or our experience is not abnormal. Um, that's a very normal experience for a lot of people, especially here in the West, where uh, faith is just maybe not talked about a lot. So I know you and I are doing trying to do different things now as the head of our households and leaders of our houses and what we're trying to do uh, with our family. And we'll get into some of that here in a second. But uh, what what did the research tease out? What 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 like where is the state of manhood right now when it comes to a man and his faith?
0: Yeah, excuse me, a
1: man and his family. Sorry, man and his family.
0: Yeah, when we jumped into the family portion of it, we, we really drilled down on that family worship, that kind of the man is the spiritual leader of his home. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, not surprisingly, uh, the majority of men either uh, did not feel like they were doing a good job in that area or just weren't doing it at all. Yep. Um, so when we ask about challenges to, to leading your family in worship, um, again, this this does not necessarily include waking them up on Sunday morning and making sure they get to church on time. Right. Right. But this is, this is the day in and day out. Um, are you serving as the, you know, the priest, prophet, lowercase king of your home? Are you using the moments and the milestones to point your children and your wife to King Jesus? And, and we, we surveyed about the challenges of that. What are the, what are the challenges that, that keep you from doing that? And, and two things stood out, Above everything else, as a matter of fact, um, nearly 80% of the men uh, said it was these two challenges that actually keep them from from leading their family in worship in the home. And the first was busyness. Um, That was the most commonly selected challenge. Um, We're just too busy for family worship. And then number two was a lack of knowledge and an example. Hmm. Um, uh, kind of like what you and I just alluded to, we didn't see it growing up. Yep. Um, I, I'm not equipped. I don't have any tools. I don't know how to do it. Um, and, and, you know, as well as I do with men, if we don't know how to do something, if we don't know how to win at something, we just typically won't play.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So we, so 80% of men think about that. 80% yep. of men. Uh, and these are, these are not, uh, pagan men. These are, hmm. these are professing believers Yep. Uh, that go to church. Um, uh, but busyness and a lack of knowledge and example, keep them for, from leading their families in worship.
1: Yeah. Which again, not surprising to hear that if you talk to most people and ask them how you're doing, that is like the socially acceptable, admirable thing to say is that you're busy. Uh, you got a lot going on, um, lots of reasons, that that is happening but that makes a lot of sense that that would be one of the barriers that's getting in the way there I think the one that surprised me a little bit but makes sense is the the lack of knowledge again just that fear like if uh what if my kid asked me a question and I don't know how to answer it or uh maybe I didn't see any examples for this growing up so I don't have some things to pull back on or maybe I tried it one or two times and it didn't go very well and, uh, and so I just, I must be doing it wrong. You know, th- those types of things. Is that, is that some of the stuff that was coming out in the survey as well? Absolutely. They, uh, either had
0: a negative experience, um, a poor experience with it. They, they didn't feel like, again, they could win at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really the thing that stood out in that category was they just, they just don't know how they don't feel equipped. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but it was. It was either a recent Barna or Pew survey amongst pastors. And they had surveyed pastors and said, Hey, um, how many pastors want men in their church, in their congregation, to, to lead out in the home, to lead in in family worship? You know, feel like it's the father's responsibility to do that. And 95, 98% of pastors agreed like it's dad's job, it's dad's yeah. duty to do that. Well, then the next question was, um, How many of you uh, have, either shown, demonstrated, or equipped the men in your church to actually do that, to actually lead out in their home. And it was less than 10% that had mm-hmm. that had equipped them or, or or taught on it or shown yeah. them how to do that. So it's one thing to to want men to lead their families spiritually. It's another thing to actually show men how to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which again, like we could insert all the plugs for Better Man right now here. And that, because that's one of the needs we want to try to meet is to sure. help that that pastor who does feel busy to go, okay, we can come in. We've done a lot of the work for you. All you have to do is like turn on the lights, uh, so to speak, and then you can get this thing going. And um, and so we want to try to do something to bring that number down because that is a, that's a that's just a big deal. And things are not going to go uh, in the direction that we want it to if, if that doesn't change. And so, I mean, these are not experiences or issues that are um uncommon to us too chris i mean so even though you and i are here on this podcast and we're talking about uh how to be a man and how to be a man that's following after god and things like that doesn't mean we're immune to busyness and a lack of knowledge what are some things you and your wife do to try to combat that busyness to make sure that that you're really prioritizing the family
0: yeah so we start by looking at it big picture right so Mm. So think about this, and and I'm just going to do quick math. But yeah. three hundred and sixty plus days in a year, twenty four hours a day. So we roughly have you know seven thousand hours mm. in a year if I'm doing the math right there. Okay, okay. seven thousand hours. Um, if you go to church once a week, every week in a year, and you spend an hour and thirty minutes at church you're roughly going to be in church 80 hours a year. Mm-hmm. So of the 7,000 hours in a year, um, if you're spending 80 of those hours in a church, and that's if you attend every week, we know the average churchgoer hmm. goes about 1.8 times yeah. a month now. Yeah, twice a month, yep. <laughs> right. So the the 80 hours is not enough spiritual food for you, hmm. your wife, nor your children. Um, yeah. The reality is most professing Christians in America are spiritually malnourished. Hmm. It's just a reality. So yeah. so my encouragement would be, one, start there. That's that's certainly where my wife and I started. Um, we acknowledged we're spiritually malnourished. Like it's not enough just to go to church every week. We've got to implement some sort of spiritual routine, spiritual rhythms in our homes to make sure that that we ourselves and our children um, are being fed. Yeah. Um, it, it's just super important. So, so we do we do some different things, right? Um, one of the things we do is we track the number of meals we have together as a family. That's good. Yeah. So, so if you walk into my home office, um, there's a calendar that sits behind my desk, and and every day or every night, I should say that I miss dinner at home around the table with my family there's a black line through that through that day mm. every month i take a picture of that calendar and i send it uh, to a mentor of mine who holds me accountable mm. and my goal yes. is every month only to miss um, six to eight days so mm. so you know i travel a lot uh, with my yep. job with the ministry work i do but Um, So six to eight days a month, I'm not around the table with my family. Well, why is that time around the table with my family so important? Well, one, it's one of the few times that we're all together in the same place. Um, We typically open up the word during that time. And even if it's just a passage, we're sharing a passage. But we also give our children, everybody gets the opportunity to go around the table and share one thing they've learned Hmm. Um, um, or share a thought or ask a question that maybe they wouldn't be able to ask anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. um just the other night um we were sharing around the table and uh, my son had uh, had the opportunity this year I let him stay up for the uh NCAA football championship game okay it was, it was he, he's got to that age now where he can stay up later and and he got to stay up and watch the game with me and and Michigan won uh they beat Washington so fast forward we're sitting at the dinner table sometime later and I said, hey, any observation that you've had in the last few days, in the last few weeks? And uh, my son goes, yeah, I think the running back from Michigan is a Christian. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, why do you think that? Did he, do you know him? Yeah. And, uh, and he said, no. He said, but after the game, Dad, um, he just kept talking about Jesus and giving thanks mm-hmm. to Jesus. And I thought, I thought, yeah, man. I said, I said, son, yeah, that's a great indicator. Yep. that's a great indicator that someone is a believer that they're that they're quick to give glory to god so that's just a thought he had had on his little yeah. heart and his little mind that he shared and it and it opened up some great family dialogue so so one of the main ways we we inject spiritual rhythms and spiritual practices in our home is um is around that dinner table that's huge for us that,
1: that is and that I, I i hope there is like a collective sigh of relief That guys are feeling and and uh when they hear you say that because what it means to be that spiritual leader of the family or to lead your family from that perspective does not mean you are standing up there like the pastor of your church preaching a sermon that's been well researched and well documented and you've got your slides up there and you've got all your cross references and all that kind of stuff if that's what you think the win is there's no you know it makes complete and total sense that nobody's doing anything because that's overwhelming Uh, it really is like Deuteronomy six gives us so much freedom of just finding these little moments of the day as we go throughout our day, as we're going to work, as we're driving around, as we're sitting around tables and just initiating some conversations. And if you fear that lack of knowledge, that's great. You don't have to be the teacher, just be the question asker, right? Just get Mm, your kids talking about it. Get your wife talking about it. Just start to ask some questions. Uh, And that's, what's great about families With When you're sitting around the table at dinner or, you know, whatever it is, lunch or breakfast, you don't even have to get to a bunch of answers uh, in that moment. You can just start asking questions and like, how cool is that as a family to even be reflecting on something together and wrestling through something together? Uh, So I love that. I think that's incredibly practical, trying to make sure you're hitting as many meals as you can. And then just let's have a conversation. Anybody learned anything? Anybody had a thought lately? Uh, just yeah. be the, the initiator of that conversation. That's great.
0: Yeah. And I've always got, I call it one in the chamber. So mm-hmm. I've always got one in the chamber, man. Um, I love what you just said, Adam. You don't have to be a theological giant. You don't have to have a seminary degree to to shepherd and lead your family well spiritually. That's um, right. All, all you have to do is just really be one step ahead. Yep. So so every day when, when I read the Word of God, and, and this supposes that I'm reading the Word of God every day, But every day I'm reading the word of God, I'm trying to take one little thing and I'm tucking it away. And I'm telling myself purposefully, I'm going to share that with my family at some point today. Yep. Yep. So for example, uh, driving into the studio today, I was uh, listening to uh, Romans and I was just reflecting on the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Bible says nothing. Those who are Mm -hmm. in Christ, nothing can separate you from God's love. And man, I tuck that away. And tonight when I get home, um, I'm going to share that with my children. Yeah. And it may just be simple as sharing that statement. And then to your point, asking them, how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about me saying that? And then seeing what their little minds or their older minds kind of conjure up. But But I've got one in the chamber in case the conversation goes dead that I can just throw out there because I'm one step ahead.
1: That's awesome. I love that. And I love, I mean, even on this, because Chris, we're, where we are in the parenting journey, just with the age of our kids right now, we're, in, we're kind of in different seasons. And what I will say is this, is that I am so grateful that I had men like you in my life encouraging me to do those little things, just little things. Because now with a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, there is so much fruit that is coming from those conversations as mm-hmm. these these guys are talking about some real issues, right? Mm. Real, real issues. And, uh, it's so great to have that foundation of a bunch of small, consistent conversations over a long period of time to now when we're driving to school, uh, when we're hanging around, watching the ball game, when we're having the meals, whatever it is, uh, they feel the freedom to ask those questions And we're there like as young men now really trying to figure out, do I believe this, right? Is this Mm. mom or dad's faith or is this my faith? And I'm just grateful for all those small. And I can't point to one big moment. There was not one big devotional. Mm -mm. Uh, There was not one big like conference that we all went to. This was just a lot of really small, what felt like inconsequential conversations. Um, And now I'm starting to see some fruit from that and really appreciating Wow. Uh, the fact that we were able to to stay with that for such a long period of time. Now, maybe there's a teenage dad listening to that right now going, great. Well, I've missed that. Well, no. I mean, I love that old Chinese proverb, right? Perfect time to, to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Uh, the second best time is right now. Right now. <laughs> and so <laughs> you can start doing that right now. Just starting those conversations and asking those questions. Uh, it goes such a long way. I mean, what we talk about a lot, Chris, with leadership, that leadership is primarily about taking initiative for the benefit of others that, that that's right. that's leading it's not having the degree having all the answers having everything super organized always knowing what to do it's just going here's a moment let's initiate a conversation that that yeah. will get the ball so far down the field
0: yeah and i love i love your definition there adam i've i've used that so many times taking the initiative on behalf of the benefit of others yeah and then i i would add a small thing to that <laughs> Uh, and doing that over and over again. That's good. yeah um, because because you 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 use the key word consistency yep the 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 goal here is not to be perfect. The goal here is not to be super articulate every time. The goal here is not to be um, uber deep every time. The goal here is just be consistent. consistent. That's the fact. Right. the fact that you can't look back at any one large moment um, is a really good thing. Yeah, because it's the building of those small moments over time that lead to just just massive transformation. It's so Absolutely. encouraging.
1: It really is. It really is. And so I hope that uh, that guys will will take that to heart with all of this. I mean, the the two thoughts that I have, it's really interesting now as I'm as I'm thinking through this here live with you, you know, as we're recording this, that busyness and knowledge. So busyness. Um, listen we're we're not asking you to add something to your already packed schedule we're saying be smart and and i like what james clear the way he calls it habit stack so mm. if you're already sitting down having a meal stack something on top of that rhythm that's already there and have the conversation go. if you're already driving your kids to baseball practice or to ballet or whatever it is just stack a habit on top of that thing that you're already doing turn down the radio for five minutes and have a conversation so Look at that busyness and don't hear us saying, so find another 30 minutes in your schedule. We're just saying, look at your schedule differently and stack a habit that's on there. The knowledge piece, I've got great news for every guy, right? I don't know if they know this, but Better Man podcast is free, right? Like There is so much free content out there that if we are lacking for knowledge in anything, and I mean anything, right? It is crazy how much free knowledge is out there. So habit stack there when you're driving around. Like you just said, I was listening to Romans. That's great. Most people are driving around somewhere. Turn us off and go get the Bible app or go whatever and turn That's on right. Romans. That'll be way better than us. And we will not have our feelings hurt at all. Not at all. Just to start getting some knowledge, right? Start getting some knowledge. It's all free. Most of it's free out there. That's right. Yeah, we have we have zero excuses today,
0: man. Um, yeah. And even in the busyness thing, I love I love the habit stacking. Um, one of the things we do on our way to school in the morning, I shared this on another show, but um, I'm trying to instill in my kids an attitude of gratitude. Hmm. So as we're on our way to school, every stoplight we hit, they have to share something they're thankful for. That's so good. And the and the first few weeks we did that, you know, I had to prompt it, but now. Now we'll be we'll be going to dinner somewhere at night. We're not even going to school, and we'll stop at a stoplight, and my son will ramble off something he's grateful for.
1: Right? <laughs> so read, like, "The well, Michigan what? one, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, or whatever yeah, what it is." That. Yeah, yeah. So, so I love that habit stacking, and then and then two, the reality is, man, um, we're we're all doing things in our day that really are uh, they're just not important. Yeah, and whether that's scrolling on Instagram or or binge watching Netflix, whatever it is you can find margin in your day, right? You, yep. you, you can find margin in your day um, to lead spiritually. And we just, we just need to add that in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, don't go from, don't like force yourself and go, all right, that's fine. Tomorrow for an hour a day, I'm listening. That's no, right. start with three minutes, right? Like just three start, <laughs> start with something small. It's better than doing nothing. And you never know how that information and that little bit of knowledge Uh, how you'll be able to use that. That's what I love about, you know, I'd heard it said years ago that God's word is perfect literature was the way somebody described it. Meaning like, uh, every time you go to it, there's something new. It's almost magical, right? A weird way to say it. It's not, but it's, it's perfect. And so there's always something new that you're going to find, but then it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how you'll always find an opportunity to use it and, uh, and to share it with somebody else. And so just get in it and uh and that'll go a long way so i love that Uh, state of manhood something we can all identify with that busyness that knowledge habit stack go out there listen to some things there's some ways we can combat that use better man all kinds of things and ways that we want to help with that next episode uh we're going to talk about um, a man and his faith a little bit more and just his relationship Mm -hmm. with the church we got some interesting things there so tune in next week for that one but chris as always great to be with you man adam have a great one bro see you soon Fam at Better
0: Man, we're all about helping men win. If you love our weekly podcast, you're going to love our new daily devotional, Better Mornings. Check out the link in the show notes to subscribe or go to betterman.com and sign up for Better Mornings, our 2024 daily devotional. It's everything you need to start your day as a better man.